Like Pastor Tim said, we're going to be jumping into the book of Ephesians for probably, what, the next some 12 weeks. Um, and so I'm doing like an, an introduction, so to speak, and then I had my message pretty much all set and ready to roll, but God. So yesterday afternoon, my whole message got changed to something completely different. <laughs> so yeah, it wasn't stressful at all. But God's in control. And so I'm going to roll through this the best of I can. Thank you for that prayer of blessing because I shall need it. But, uh, um, and I thought about, you know, when we're, we're going to jump into a book and we're going to basically just pull apart Ephesians as we're looking and we're going through that book and we kind of see what it's saying to us. Um, but I also wanted to look at the reasons why we would study a book like Ephesians. Like why? And there is so much in this book. So I was kind of thinking about what's the perspective of what it would be to kind of take a step back and look at the book of Ephesians. This, this past summer, my family and myself, um, Pastor Tim and Sharon and Pastor Danny and Cheryl, uh, we took a trip. We went to Lake Powell and we wait to, and Maddox was there. And, uh, and we went to a place called Bryce Canyon. Anybody ever heard of Bryce Canyon before? Both of you. Awesome. Okay. Well, it's a beautiful place. This is the place that postcards are made of, right? This is a place where you just go and you're just like, yeah, like there's no God, right? It's one of those moments where you just stand in awe. And so we were walking through and we went on these cool things called hikes. I use the word cool very, very loosely because I'm pretty sure the one that we took through Bryce Canyon was from the pit of hell. Pretty sure, because it had a lot of ups and downs, like literally, had a lot of ups and downs. We descended, we ascended, we descended, we ascended. And every time you think you're getting ahead, and my lovely wife, Deborah, she would always be so encouraging because I was about to die. Um, and she's like, only one more incline and we're done. And that was like nine inclines ago. So between the bottom of the hike and the very top where we ended was a difference of 1,600 feet. Yeah, homie's ankles were not doing so good. They were, like, not doing well at all. You come back, and you look like you got the ankles of an elephant. You ever been on those walks where you're like, is that normal? Should my ankles be wider than my thighs? I don't think so. But we're going on this walk, and then I started to think yesterday about how we look at Scripture. And we started at the top, and we kind of made our way through it, and then once we came out on a different area altogether, you had a completely different perspective on what you just walked through. And I started thinking about that as Paul is writing this letter to the church about how we can go through and we look at Scripture. But man, until we actually really dive in and take a look, we come out the other side and we really, really appreciate what it is saying to us. And that's why I kind of like Ephesians became my Bryce Canyon. Because it was one of those things that I walked through, came out the other side. I'm like, this is beautiful. Hard, because it was, but beautiful. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at Ephesians. And here's the thing about Ephesians. It only consists of six chapters. So it's probably only like four or five pages in your Bible. 155 verses. It'll only take you about 20 minutes to read it. Yet... 
one of the most incredible letters that Paul writes in the entire New Testament. One guy, commentator William Barclay, calls Ephesians the queen of the epistles. John McKay, a former president of Princeton Theological Seminary, who became a Christian at the age of 14 from reading the book of Ephesians. He called it the greatest, maturest, and for our time, the most relevant of Paul's writings. This, mu- this letter is pure music. It just sings to the soul. Missionary Ruth Paxson called Ephesians the Grand Canyon of Scripture, meaning that it is breathtakingly beautiful and apparently inexhaustible to the one who wants to take it in. And commentator Klein Snodgrass, that's because his parents loved him. It says, pound for pound, Ephesians may well be the most influential document ever written. So we're going to take a quick look today. Normally I give three points with fancy titles and point names and all that kind of stuff. Today I'm not. I'm going to double down. We're going to give you six points today. And you're like, do you see what the time is, Pastor? I do. And we're going to rock through these. All right? You ready to roll? All right. I need a drink because now I'm really dry mouth. Wasn't worship awesome? That was, yeah. And it was amazing, too, because when I was, when Pastor Tim was praying, we kind of went back into that song a second time, and I really, really felt that there was a shift in the room. Um, And literally, as I was praying and worshiping there, I actually literally heard the sound of dry bones rattling. That goes back to the book of Ezekiel. This is off script. This is not in the notes. So we're going there. The notes are there. I'll post them later if we don't get to them. <laughs> you know? But it was, and then as, as those bones were rattling and I felt like there was life happening in that moment, I also heard shackles fall. So there was a coming to life and the breaking down of things that were in people's lives. I don't know who that's for. I didn't have a picture of faces. But probably if we, took a, if we took stock and inventory of our life, we could probably know that there's a place in our lives that we can come to life more and then something we need to break off. It's going through me too. So it's a journey that we're on together, right? That's what's being part of a family. So I don't know who that was for, but be encouraged that God was doing something in your heart today and in your life. Okay. Now we're going to look at Ephesians. I was going to do like a brief history and introduction of it, but I am sure that Pastor Tim is going to rock that and do an amazing job of bringing us into what that is story. I'm just going to jump right in because I think we're there. Um, So Ephesians does these six things. The first thing I want to look at is that Ephesians deepens our understanding of the gospel. If you look at the first three chapters of Ephesians, it's basically the gospel story. It's a reiterating of the gospel story, what it means to be a believer, but also edifying and building up the church. I think that's why today's word from Pastor Tim was so timely, because I believe we're at a very, very pivotal time as the body of Christ. May I be frank? I'm Mark. 
and if your name's Frank, sorry, but I'm just going to be blunt. I'm sure nobody's named that. <laughs> but it is seriously, I think it is time for the church to put up, not shut up. It's time for us to speak up. It's time for us to bring the noise, not in a calamity way, not in an arrogant way, but in a humble way where we are pointing people to Jesus, not my opinion. I've had enough of opinions. They're like belly buttons. Everybody's got one, but it doesn't mean you have to show it off. That's, that's my too much. Was that loud? Okay. That's, that's awesome. Because I've seen some nasty belly buttons over the last year and a half, and I don't need that kind of imagery in my life. Because here's the thing. I have seen, and I've gone on such an unfollow frenzy and unfriend frenzy over the past year and a half, where I look at my feed, I'm like, well, it's only social media, but I'm like, you know what? I don't need this negativity blasting my brain every day. Bye, bye, bye. Don't need it. Here's the best post ever. If we start investing in this, because let's be real, as the body of Christ, we have people in our neighborhood immediately around that are going to hell, that are dealing with depression, oppression, addiction, pain, isolation, heartbreak, all these things that they're going to your li in their lives. And if this is the reason why you get upset, Check your heart. A piece of fabric. Seriously. It's time for the church to speak through the thing because it's the voice that's going to resonate, not the fabric. That was for free. That's not even in the notes. You don't see an angry Canadian very often, but that was one. Moving on because we're just getting started. So Paul here at the beginning, very beginning of Ephesians is talking about reiterating the gospel. So here's what he says. This is the letter from Paul chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Jesus Christ. What a great legacy to have, right? I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are doing a fantastic job of being my kids. Well done. May, the, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. And God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. So here Paul is reiterating the gospel to his people. It's like, remember all the things that Jesus did for you? Well done for walking in that. Good job. This is totally the gospel. We aren't saved because we deserve it. <laughs> we don't. 
We are saved because God is gracious in what he gives as gifts and the gift of salvation. And he freely gives it. We didn't influence God's decision to save us. We, there, there's no membership card. There's no frequent flyer miles. Someday there will be. It'll be cool. That's what I'm hoping anyways. He saved us according to his plan, so we actually can't take credit for what God has done. It's all about his plan in our lives. It's not about what we think we need to do. That's irrelevant. See, the mystery of salvation originated in the timeless mind of God. Wrap your head around that. Timeless. Have you ever tried to wrap your head around eternity at all? Because you know, like a good movie, you know it's going to end. Sometimes you wish you wouldn't, and sometimes you wish it would come sooner. Eternity, there's no end. So it comes out of this timeless mind of God where he has no end. In our human minds, there's always an ending. Something always finishes, and I sometimes can't wrap my head around, we're going to be in his presence, and there's no end. Be the best remix ever. It's just going to keep going and going and going. See, all we can do is express our thanks for his wonderful love. So this is why the first part of Ephesians just reiterates the message of the gospel. That's why it's so important. Second part that, that he talks about in Ephesians, the second thing why we should study Ephesians is because Ephesians magnifies the importance of the church perhaps more than any other New Testament letter. Because, see, we live in a day and age where people don't always really value the church. For some people, it's a club. For some people, it's a checklist. For a lot of years, for me, it was a checklist. Oh, I came. Whew, okay, I came. I played drums on worship team. Okay, I'm good. I mean, that's cool. That's awesome to be involved and plugged in, but it's where's this at? Am I going to church or I'm just sitting on the sidelines? God wants his church to be actively involved. Because I used to be the mindset, well, I guess nothing else is going on this weekend, so I guess I'll go to church. You know, it's, my, it's the plan B. Well, I guess my football team doesn't play till 5. I guess I could go to church. Yeah. This is better than the Super Bowl anyways. The church here is put into eternal perspective in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 3.10 says, God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. The church's existence and health, I believe, is more pivotal now than maybe some other times in history. I honestly believe that. Because we have a world that is searching for truth, and they are desperate for it. They want to know a God. I don't believe in God. Well, you just acknowledge there is one. So there's that. But people are starving. I've, I don't, you may have had conversations with people that are so hard 
and they don't want to listen to what you got to say, and they're like, no, 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 and then you just kind of approach it in a loving and humble way, and you show Jesus instead of Mark, walls break down. Hearts are softened, and people can come to life through the words that you have to say, because you all have something to say. It's about not being silent. I was told many years ago that I had a story to tell. And I was like, eh. You know, sometimes you get that idea where my testimony isn't that fantastic. I wasn't high on drugs. I didn't do this, and I didn't do that, and God didn't save me out of this pit of despair. No, the good news is that he preserved me from all of that stuff. That's great news. Never downplay your story because your story will set somebody else free. Whether you think it's significant or not, your story will break somebody else free. So don't despise what you do. Don't think small of yourself or your occupation or whatever. Whatever you do, you do it as unto the Lord. He uses you. God uses janitors. I know one. He's now the guidance counselor of a school because he swept the floors and he prayed for every locker when he walked through the halls. And now the counselors were sitting at the school and all the kids were going to talk to the janitor. And the counselors are like, I got a master's degree in this. He just changed the toilet with those hands. Or he just cleaned the toilet with that. And you're going to him? Because he invested himself. He was part, he, he saw his, everything that he did, he saw it as an opportunity to do it for the Lord. This is what the church needs to go to. It's that whatever we do, we use it as an opportunity to do something and point people to Jesus. Not insert agenda here. Right? Opinions have crept in as doctrine. Doctrine is just a fancy Christian word for teaching. Opinions have crept in of this is what, if it doesn't line up with this, it's a no-go for me. You can have opinions about, you want to ask me my opinion about things? I'll give you my opinion, but if it's not based on this, don't listen to me. Buy me a Slurpee, we'll talk. But buy Pastor Tim coffee, I'll take a Slurpee. I'm Canadian, I like cold things. And here's the thing. We have seen people come and go over the last year and a half. We've seen people come and go. But we've also, people have, we've also seen people show up who met in a courtyard in the heat who until we started coming back indoors in 2021 didn't even know the, what the inside of our building looked like. So the church has really nothing to do with these four walls. It has to do with everything who you are. Welcome to the staff meeting, everybody. You're all hired. Congratulations. Your pay's in heaven. <laughs> Wait a second. Because here at Life Church, we believe that we all belong. It's one of our core values. We all belong. And I need to get moving because I'm only on point two. We'll do a remix. And it's not just a cool Christian catchphrase. It's a reality. 
we all belong. I've heard people say in conversations that, all oh, right, now the church is missing it. They're doing it wrong. Oh? Where have you been? Gone. Or they have an attitude of like, oh, there's so much more the church would be doing. Well, come on in. There's room. Come on in and show us what we should be doing. Now, part of that's right. Not everything that happens is, is going to happen within these walls. This is where we come when we get trained up to do the work of the ministry. This is where we come to receive the teaching, the training, and kind of like, okay, the staff meeting. Honestly, all of the work happens outside of these walls. Now, people will come here and lives will be changed, like lives were changed this morning. God broke some things in people's hearts this morning. That happened. I'm not downplaying meeting together. Well, the Bible says, don't, the, don't forsake the assembling together of yourselves. There's a reason why we come, because we all have gifts to offer. And if one of us doesn't do our job, it's like the body is lacking something. We all have gifts, and we all have things that we can do. Janitor. I'm just saying, because that was a good example. Because this inside these walls, we see journeys begin. And sometimes we see people get healed. We see journeys continue, and we see things happen in people's lives. But also, I've had more conversations probably in the year, last year and a half, because if it's taught me anything, it's about being intentional with people. So 2020 and 2021 have been really, really healthy for me, contrary to popular belief. Because it's caused me to be intentional with people and to not just sit on the sidelines. Well, if they got a problem, they'll call me. Or you could text or call someone and say, how are you doing? And that's all it takes. Say hi. It freaks people out sometimes. It really does, and it's wonderful seeing their face. We are part of Christ's body. Use your God-given abilities to equip one another for service. Fulfill your role in the living church. And the church is living. The church is not closed. I'm not a political person. I'm Canadian. We got our own problems. I'm still waiting for borders to open up so I can see my parents for the first time in two years. But you know what? We keep going. We keep going. Because soon, all that's going to pass, that's going to be done. We keep going as the body of Christ, but we do it together. That's the thing about the church that Paul is talking about. He's not, hey, you did good. You did good. You did really good. But the rest of you, eesh. No, he's congratulating them and he's encouraging them as an entire body. Y'all are doing fantastic. I'm just here to remind you of why you do what you do. And it's a beautiful picture. Another thing, number three, Ephesians has changed lives forever. This is why we want to study it, because it changes lives. I mentioned before John McKay. He recalled at the age of 14, he took his Bible into the hills of Scotland. I should be saying this with an accent. No, I'm not going to do that. That was totally the wrong accent anyways. And he studied, he studied Paul's letters to the Ephesians. I need to bring out Shrek. He wrote these words. I saw a new world. Everything was new. 
I had a new outlook, new experiences, new attitudes to other people. I loved God. Jesus Christ became the center of everything. I had been quickened. I was really alive. And that's from reading a 20-minute book in the Bible, and it altered his life forever. Why? Because he opened his heart to what these words had to say to him, and he let them sink in. See, a lot of times we'll take this book and we'll be like, checklist, checklist, checklist. Okay, I read my chapter. And like, it's like nothing. When we get into the word, and we're going to be, we're going to announce this later. We're going to be doing like a class coming up soon about intensively how to study your Bible. What? I've been a Christian for 30 years. I don't need that. Yeah, you do. That sounded like I was from Fargo, North Dakota just then. <laughs> I was from Minnesota. We have this thing starting up very, very soon called gathering groups. We are, if you want, to t- you want to know about gathering groups, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to steal the thunder. Go see Stan and Erica back there. Stan and Erica, can you wave at us? Go talk to Stan and Erica about gathering groups because they're rocking it. We're just getting families together once in September, October, November for the sake of building community. There's a, there, there's a, there's a catch. You're going to be with people you don't normally hang out with. Hold on, what? We're going to build community. We're going to get to know people that we don't know. That's why we have community, right? That's beautiful. The first three chapters of Ephesians describe the nature and the appearance of the church. And the second part of the book Paul challenges believers to function. So the first is like teaching, and the second is like a practicum. It's like, here's what I would like you to look like. Now here's what you need to do to go do it. And I think it's always so good in Scripture when we see, hey, here's what I think you should do. They're not just saying that because. They're like, oh, there are action steps. Oh, there's work involved. Ew. You have to be accountable. That's an ugly word in 2021. But we need it. So why does this change lives? Because the book of Ephesians is all about us. No. We don't change lives. We're tools being used by Jesus to change lives. But we don't change the lives. But if you're willing, God will use you to change the world. So here's some attributes that they talk about Jesus in this book. And I'm like, all right, we're going to go quick because this is going to be like a long time. He is the Redeemer, the one in whom and by whom history will ultimately be consummated. He's the resurrected Lord, not only who has risen over death and hell, but who reigns as king, pouring his life through his body, the church, the present expression of himself on earth. He is the peacemaker who has reconciled man to God and who has made possible reconciliation of man to man as well. Huh. He's the chief cornerstone by the, of the new temple consisting of his own people to be indwelt by God himself. God wants to dwell inside of you. Doesn't that... 
<laughs> I was going to say creep you out, but it shouldn't. But it's like God wants to, he wants to be knit into every fiber and everything of who you are. He wants to be woven in. I don't do seamstressing or knitting or anything like that, so my terminology was probably all jacked up. I use hammers and air nailers and drums. So, uh, He is the treasure in whom life's unsearchable riches are found. He's the indweller of human hearts, securing us in the love of God. He is the giver of ministry gifts to his church. He's the victor who has broken hell's ability to keep mankind captive. He's the model husband, for real, unselfishly giving himself to enhance his bride, his church. And he is the Lord, mighty in battle, the resource of strength for his own as they arm for spiritual warfare. The fourth reason why we study Ephesians is because it may be the most contemporary letter in the New Testament. Contemporary meaning it is a now this is all applicable day and night, night and day for all time. The grass withers, the flower fail, but the word of God stands forever. Right? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I didn't even have to memorize it because it's right there. I have my own cheat sheet. Here's the beautiful thing. Paul did not write this letter to correct a problem. A lot of times Paul was writing letters to, to correct problems. You want to see Paul's hammer come down? Read 1 Corinthians. You slackers. <laughs> and he goes off on them too. And the second Corinthians is like, how did they respond? I'll let you go read it. I don't want any spoilers. Ephesians resonates a contemporary feel because that very message could also, it also resonates with our church today. The same things that Paul talked about then is still true today, and it still applies to the church. I think 2020 brought about some amazing things amidst a pandemic and quote-unquote being quarantined. It did a lot of things, and I don't want to belittle the pain and the heartache and the suffering and the negative things that it brought, too, because those things are also very real. I'm trying to approach things from an encouraging standpoint today because we got enough of the down. Let's take things up a notch. Why is this important? Because here's the call. The call is for the church to remain steadfast. That means even keel. That means we are not going to get phased by nothing. We're not. We're not going to get tossed around like the storm like we have never seen before. But we need to be the beacon for those who are seeking refuge. We need to be that lighthouse on the hill that people are looking to for refuge. Number five, Ephesians provides grace-filled encouragement. Tons of encouragement in this book. If you feel tired, discouraged, beat up, lonely, confused, welcome to Ephesians. It's a pleasure to have you. It's going to be a good journey. Make sure you come back for the next weeks because this is going to be an amazing dissection of this book. 
I really know, I, re- I know it's going to be. We need the gospel every day. And Paul wrote it just for, to, like, to ordinary people, just like us. Some were wealthy, some were employees, some worked at the port, some worked in small villages, but they were all Christians living in the world, and that's who he wrote it to, to build up and edify the body. That's why he wrote it. See, Paul didn't have any moral or theological problems with the people back then. There was, he was actually writing this because, well done, y'all did great. But he was also encouraging them to mature in your faith. Like to take what you have learned and take it up a notch. Like take it to the next level. Because if, if you've been saved for a day or you've been saved for 40 years, we never stop learning. This word never stops speaking. And if you think that you've arrived, buy me a Slurpee. I'm here to help. Or I could learn from you, maybe. So after laying out all these theological truths, he's expecting the church to follow in these spiritual, the spiritual way of living. He's expecting them to respond in a moral way, in a very God-like way. And the last one, number six, Ephesians offers practical answers to the basic questions about the Christian life. People have questions. We always need to give answers in every season. We need to be prepared to give people answers why we believe what we believe. Why does the Bible say about this? Why does this happen? Why didn't this happen? Here's the kicker. It's okay to say, I don't know, but I'm going to go do some homework. Don't give people an answer that you think they want to hear. Give them truth. They don't want our... Well, I think the Bible says, no, no. When we think we know what it says, then that leads to like heresy and bad doctrine and bad teaching. And we don't got, we don't got time for that. Ephesians is a mini theology book. Really. It's a, it's a mini the, theological journey. See, Paul covered topics like God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, the church, the means of salvation, our position in Christ, our practice as Christians, marriage, family, and spiritual warfare. So really, he doesn't cover a whole lot. Not a lot happening in this book at all. Remember, 20 minutes, change your life. Paul also gives attention to the implications being the body of Christ, the church. We need to have unity in our commitment to Christ, but to also use our spiritual gifts. Use what we've been given. And we should also have the highest moral standards. Just saying. For the individual, this means rejecting the practices of the world. For a family, it means mutual submission and love. See, we want to reject whatever the world wants to bring our way because we know that Jesus is the answer. We have to be able to give the reason why he is. Well, Paul also reminds believers that the church is in a constant battle with the forces of darkness and that we, f- we should use every spiritual weapon that's at our disposal. We'll go to a full-blown armor of God discussion. Why? Because we need it. 
And every part of that armor is significant. So we're going to talk about that. So how do I wrap up an overview of Ephesians? I thought about it last night, and here was my deep theological closing thought as we wrap up today. Go read Ephesians. That one drained me last night. Why? Because it's going to take you through this masterful description of what the church is. And it also may give us, as I read through it, I was like, okay, I need to adjust that. I need to fix, okay. This is awful. (laughs) Who would read this? We should read it more, right? There is so much jam-packed into this letter that the next 12 weeks, I believe, is going to alter the way we think and that we feel about the church and what our position in the church is. And I think it's going to cause some leaders and some things to be stirred up and resin up out of people's lives. I honestly believe that. So not only read Ephesians this week, but also pray for the church. Pray for the capital C church. Pray for the, the church worldwide. They need our prayers. But also pray for the church that you call your home church. As leadership, we need your prayers. Because we're unified and we stand together. We pray for y'all. Y'all, I'm a Canadian, sound like a Texan. We pray for you guys. Because why? Because you're part of this family. And the, the hope is that as we do life together and we do more together, the bonds and everything that we have are going to be so tightly knit together, it's going to be beautiful. I honestly believe that. So as we wrap up, let me pray for you guys. So that's your homework, right? That's your homework? You're going to do what? Good. And the second part? Okay, we completely dropped the ball in the pray part. That's okay. That's okay. It's all right. Angie, there'll be an essay. Um, She's a former student of mine, so I razz her a little. Oh, Andrew, too. (laughs) Two essays. Cool. (laughs) But here's your third part of your homework. Come back next week. Come back and see how the book of Ephesians is going to start to speak to you and work in and through you. I really believe it's going to be life-altering and life-changing for several of you. I believe that with all my heart, me included. I'm excited about this. So let me pray for you. Pastor Tim's going to come up and wrap us up. I'm going to pray. God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the life that it's within its pages. We thank you that even in the midst of of a 2,000-year separation, that your words still resonate true today and that they're challenging us and stretching us Father, we just lay, we lay down our agendas, we lay down our ideals and our opinions, and we submit to you. We submit to your will, we submit to your word, and we submit to what your words would want to change and alter and adjust in our life. Jesus, we love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.